Is it rolling? <laughs> I think I've forgotten how to do this. No, your ears are not fooling you right now. The Big Red Louie podcast is back after nearly two months of absence. Thank, the, thank you to some equipment that we have no idea how to work. Mm-hmm. We still don't know how to work it. Eh. I think we just kind of slapped it a couple of times, and eventually it started working again. Pretty much. But we're back. It's been a long time, but we're glad to, to be back together. Jacob Lane, host of the Big Red Louie podcast alongside Presley Meyer. Presley, how are you? Incredible. Great. I'm ecstatic to be back. That's great. Me too. It's been a I long think, time. I think we had one episode of the second season, so... We're just rolling into the third season. We're just going to call it this episode 3.1. We're also, I think we're, we're right at the one-year anniversary of the Pizza Pod. Back, pizza at, pod. Uh, back at Cardinal Town with some of the it original is. homies from the, from the site. So it, we've, it, it's fitting that the equipment would stop working before the, the one-year anniversary and that we would get it figured out and probably do it wrong. But anyways, yeah, that's I oh, is that what we're doing right now? We're actually doing the podcast? We might be. We're not sure. We're going to see what okay. comes out at the end. That voice you hear is Alex Stingle also joining us. Alex, how are you? I'm fantastic. You look um, great. Thanks, man. I, I I really appreciate that. You, you look, don't look angry or you look anything. Younger. Yeah, you look younger. I feel refreshed. Yeah. yeah, no wrinkles. <laughs> well, I would be remiss if I didn't start the show by sending a huge congratulations uh, to Center College, my brother-in-law Josh Pittman, assistant coach at Center, who captured their first uh, Southern Athletic Association conference title since 2014 make the D3 tournament, and they are one of the most underrated basketball programs in the state of Kentucky. But Alex and I traveled down to Danville on Sunday and got to watch them win that game over Barry, and what a finish, man. I'm That's not, all I'll say. not going to lie, Presley. Um, I was a little worried because they like Jacob kept almost turning to the exit, I guess, to go to Danville or to go to center, and like it just looked like we were passing like barn after barn after barn. And he's like, maybe it looks like this one. He's like, no, it's the next one. It's Bye, weird. Like it's a weird. It's like trip. a tiny brown sign. It's just like yeah. Danville. And it this looked, way. and they all look like, the same as the fifty turns so like, before it. I know it's a really smart school. So I, I told Jacob, I'm like, part of you getting in there is like you have you to get, find your way find to yeah. campus. Like yeah. that. That's part of the the higher it, education part right. of it. But I will say, I've never been to Danville. It was hype as shit. It yeah. was the best game. I could have hoped for going to like I'm going with Jacob to watch center play basketball. Right. That was live, man. I mean, you're talking. It had everything you wanted. It had runs, uh, yes. bad foul calls, so we could yell. Center started the game 18 to three within the first three. four minutes of the game, and it, it was tied by halftime. Yeah. Shout out to Perry Ayers. Hit three threes back to back. I mean, it, it was, was unbelievable. Yeah, and the crowd. I mean, this is a crowd of maybe five or six hundred people. Right. It sounded like a, a very bad KFC Yum Center crowd at one point, which is a compliment to Center <laughs> because of how. I mean, think about it. Yeah. You got it better be louder when I come back out here in nine minutes. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Right, but congratulations to Sinner. Uh, Josh has been, uh, just this year has been for him. He's put in so much work, worked so hard. Uh, those kids, they've got five seniors. They've got a lot of guys who have gotten really close last season. They just barely missed the tournament. Uh, so for them to get to the Division Three tournament is amazing. Also, shout out to Jacob Bates, SAA Player of the Year, Oldham County native. Makes me feel proud to be from Oldham County. But let's get into what you guys came here for. A little bit of Louisville basketball. We're going to talk about the tournament. We're going to talk about senior night. We're going to talk football. 
uh, spring practice going on. I think there's a lot to be excited about there. We're also going to talk Bachelor as we're just a couple mm -hmm. of days away from from the finale. Super important. I'm curious how you think it's going to go. I know you don't you, know what's going on. You guys on, just have to give me a quick recap once we start that sure. segment. Peter made a lot of bad mistakes. He's down to a lot of girls who don't make a ton of sense for him, and, and yep. the one that does wants to leave. I don't I know, because it seems much. like... Yeah. <laughs> did you watch last night? I didn't, but I mean, I knew I knew what happened, and I knew how right. it was going to go. So the commercials just make it seem like he doesn't have that much personality to begin with. So when you're saying he's making bad decisions, maybe that's the person he yeah. should end up with. Yeah, actually. he he's like he's maybe the person that America guy. loves isn't the person that like he should actually like be most compatible yeah. with. That's true. I did hear the next Bachelorette is uh, like a 38 year old. They though? went the exact opposite wow. end of the spectrum. Okay. I think they got so tired, like the audience got so tired of 22-year-old females, 23-year-old females who are like, oh my god, you posted a picture on Instagram with with a product that I endorse. Like, that's the arguments that they it's have. It's literally... You it's, took my champagne. I feel like this woman's about to, like, hand out agendas to every man that gets out of the limo and, like, here is the birth plan I want in yeah. the next nine months. Here is the structure and agenda of when I want to get married and everything else. Like, Come on, dude. Like, it, I'm when hoping you're near, like some like 50 year old dudes on there. Like, I'm hoping it's just like complete. But I'm just saying, like, when you're some sugar daddies, yes. like, throw a couple of like really fit 60 year old men into the game and just see what happens. Like, touch a gray <laughs> type stuff. That'd be just wild. Salt and pepper in the beard, man. Like, let's just we've we've seen the last couple of seasons They're a like bunch that. of immature people who aren't ready to get married. Which I mean, the show like so in the, stupid in the anyway. quiet video room. They're like. Yeah, I brought Rogaine with me. I did. Yeah. It's gonna be a good couple of weeks. Just for men. <laughs> I, got, I, got the, I got the Viagra for the for the fantasy suite. Things go down. Heavy. Let's finally talk sports. That was let's too do far. it. Senior night, one of the the most uh, fun games I've watched. At least the last couple of minutes of it. The first half was pretty hard to watch. Mm -hmm. um, but you were there. Yeah. Give me your give me your summary. How did the the pre festivities go? Uh, and then post game, I don't know if you stayed and listened to the guys talk. Yeah, and then so, I'm gonna try to ask my best Tim Sullivan, like piss you off question. Chris, were you mad okay. at the fans? Nah. Well, I mean, so, <laughs> so, so the environment I thought was probably honestly the so the back half of the season. I felt like the student section. Me and Ethan Sproles talked about this a lot, but I felt like the student section was so good at the beginning of the year. And then, I, for whatever reason, I feel like the students are so connected to whatever happens in the UK game. Like, I feel like uh, maybe they just take it more personally. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe they're younger, so they're not as, like, is kind of like... Oh, uh, I just did that into the mic. Man, what? that was awful. The little, like, you know, just the, like, snot. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. my bad. I won't do it again. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Except for that time. Um, well, I needed it, to hear it. Yeah. It's yeah. like a bicycle, Sorry. man. You're going to have to get back. You know, it's you got to relearn a couple things. Yeah. Anyways, no, I feel like this. I feel like the student section has progressed as the season's gone on. Like I feel like that once they lost UK, got into conference season, the big games that they were supposed to have at home this year were North Carolina and Virginia. Virginia is, is coming on towards the end of the year, but they weren't even considered to be actually quote unquote in the tournament at the time that we played them. Obviously, North Carolina is having their worst season under under Roy Williams. But that so, game was a lot of fun, man. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. again, they were fun games, but they weren't what we expected them to be. So really, since the Michigan game, it's kind of been all downhill. Yeah. However, I feel like the weather's getting better. People are kind of in the mood to have you know to put to go to home games, and they were seventeen and one at home this year. So I felt like the last three or four games of the yeah. season, I felt like were a lot more fun to go to because the crowds were a lot more lively. People kind of expected a win, right? And so once they turned it on, and had some of those runs, 
it was some of the more fun games to watch at home um, in the KFC Yum Center era just because, you know, we haven't really seen a team that can, like, really go off yeah. on offense the way that, the way that they've been able to this season. I will say, in my mind or opinion for the student section, right, because Ethan, like, we're all in the, in the same chat, and he has mentioned it a few times, but I do think, like, you got to kind of look at it from, from a broader view, right? Because I, I really do think, even if it tapered off this year, like, the overall effort and the overall just... Um, you know, support and representation, I think, from the students was probably best, like, better than I've seen it in a long time. Probably the best so it's even, been since free yeah, ball. Yeah, so even I'd them say, tapering yeah. off, like, it's still overall, like, over the course of the season, I think it was way more impressive uh, oh, I than mean, what we've seen. If you remember the David Paget season, yeah, I, I we had tickets that were, like, the young graduate tickets mm-hmm. in that section, and we were the only ones who would stand up. Yeah. The students in the, like the first five rows wouldn't even stand up. Yeah, it's you know it this, was weird. It's it's a weird thing to kind of explain because when I was in school, you know, I felt like the student section was really good, but I felt like, and we talked about this a little bit on Saturday. I felt like at the time, Tom George did not care about students. I don't feel like they put a lot of emphasis into uh, growing the, the money section. Is. Right, yeah. exactly. There was no revenue to be made off students paying a hundred. Like they're losing money giving students access to those tickets for that cheap. Right. But Vince has really put in a lot of effort. I mean, the villains tank top thing. I mean, I know it's something so yeah. small. You see schools across the country doing stuff like that. Like, why are we not doing that? Right? I think that's kind of the program, like the new athletic program's mo is, is exactly what you just said. Engage, engage, well, engage. Just like the small thing. Like they keep thinking of the small things, right? right? And, and it's a lot of the things that that make fans happy, that make them feel appreciated, that make them feel, you mm-hmm. know, like wanted to come back. And to your point, I, you know, ten years ago we were on a whole different mission. You yeah. know, like. 20 to 10 years ago, like we're facility upgrade, facility upgrade, build it, build it, build it. Right. So to your point, money, 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 money. right. So to your point, obviously like, yeah. So I, I understand why the f- fans and the students especially weren't the focal point. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, it's nice to see they're starting to make the corrections. And I think, you know, f- student culture, especially in games and stuff, it's something like you, you can't do that overnight. Like right. people talk about like, oh, we want to be like Duke and have, you know, the kids right by the court and jumping up the whole game and stuff. Eventually that'd be great. But like just getting them to show up is step one. Yeah, And getting them sure. to show up the whole season, you know, like let's start the foundational steps of having a really cool student section and fan base. And I think they're doing that because you got the fat heads every, every season they're coming out with newer, getting crazier better ones. And better, right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, you know, talking if you, specifically senior night, I thought that this mm-hmm. was one of the more unique senior classes in history of the program, at least since I've been a fan, because Definitely. of the way, I mean, we haven't seen a senior class since 2000 with ha- having played for two coaches, right? right? So whoever the first senior class was for Rick Pitino, uh, who, you know, spent a lot of time playing for Denny Crum, I mean, last season you had, I believe the only seniors were Akoi, uh, Kristen Cunningham and Quan Four, who are all three guys who weren't on the they team. Weren't, the they weren't. They weren't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They had nothing to do with the program mm-hmm. prior. Whereas this year, you had guys who were recruited by Rick Pitino, uh, and every single guy in this class, there besides maybe Dwayne Sutton, have there have been rumors of potential transfers? Right, mm-hmm. Stephen Enoch, maybe, or, or leaving the program. Right. Right. Stephen Enoch last year with the draft, Jordan War. There was a lot of talk after his freshman year. Will he leave? At, you know, because of whatever happened. Um, and and I think that last night or on Sunday night the fans honored and you did a great job Presley putting this into words but they honored a class who recommitted to the University of Louisville mm-hmm. and wanted to see the program 
that they love, that they committed to play for originally, not go down the path that they heard everybody talking about. Yeah, I mean, you know, you and I and, and Alex too, we all, we all live extremely hectic lives. And 6 o'clock, for me personally, 6 o'clock on a Sunday is one of the worst possible times to have a basketball game. It's just a time I just can't make it. And so I knew that I had to do whatever it took to kind of cash in a bunch of favors and basically make my way down to the arena, find a ticket, some somehow, some way get in and kind of see the senior night ceremony before things got rolling because uh, just of the, the sentimental side of things, just the the overall meaning of, of what they mean to the program. Um, you know, I, I wrote about this a little bit more in detail on the website, but BigRedLily.com. Uh, I, I just, I really felt like without the guys who were graduating, especially the, the core four, who were, and again, shout out to Jordan War for, for finishing things up and actually graduating this semester. That's crazy. Um, graduating three years. Like and that's that's a, an achievement that we should be talking a lot more about. And, and another side note, too, is... a non-D1 right. athlete. <laughs> like, just right. like a normal student. And, and he spent that. almost every offseason either at home or yeah. in... You know, shout playing, out to the Louisville the online Nigerian national yeah, right. team. Shout out to the Louisville online program. Yeah, like I that's mean, that's that's amazing. It's extremely impressive. Yeah. All right. So walk um, but, me through the Keith Auto shot. I think that that's where we have to we have to talk about that a little bit because right. So well, first of all, I got to say I've never had to pee as bad in my life as I had to pee before the end of that game. Like I was just so like I don't I don't know if you ever had that feeling on a road trip and you just can't find a gas station or whatever or you I just want to keep waiting. Like, I was dying, but at the same time I was so excited because I knew Keith was going to get in the game. I knew they were going to give the seniors their final round of applause, get them out of the game. So I knew Otto was getting a shot, and I wanted to see the sh- I wanted to see him get a shot up. And I thought that Josh Nickelberry ruined it, dude. I, that's the thing on that play that I can't get over is there is no doubt in my mind Max sent David Johnson in to get the ball to Keith Otto. Mm-hmm. And Josh Nickelberry no, just drove straight to the yes, basket. He was yeah. like, no, I'm going to take that shot, man. I yeah. haven't scored no, in like and, six and weeks. More impressive than Otto waiting on the bench for an hour and 48 minutes after the senior night ceremony, after the emotional stuff of you know his family being in town mm-hmm. and you know dealing with you know getting recognition from a university after he basically was you know didn't even play at Richmond at all right. so like that's such a huge deal for him just in general so like next to the snack shot I mean that's one of the best shots best plays of the week but that's one of the best stories in a in a long time I think if people were were objective to it and we put on a poll what what play was better I think that snacks might win that because of I mean, oh. you don't see well, five foot so, eleven, three hundred and fifty pound dudes just come in and snipe a three from Steph Curry range. Like and, that doesn't happen. Well, and did he make two? I saw that. That was the I second. Saw that, but so I the video see. that's going around, it was some guy. Yeah, they were like, it looked like there was eight people watching on Facebook Live. I'm pretty sure when he took the video of it. Right. And so he captured it at first. He was just like, it's so exciting that Snacks is coming in. Apparently, this guy is a devoted fan, and mm-hmm. he wanted to see Snacks get in the game. Um, say the commentators just kept laughing and saying snacks over and over. He's like, Dude, I was listening this morning. I was watching ESPN, and they talked about all the – I forget who it was that said this, but they said if you were a chubby kid growing up and your friend didn't call you snacks or didn't give you the nickname snacks, you're one of the most disappointed people in the country today. Like that's <laughs> hilarious to me. Like that's um, hilarious. Um, Alex, yeah, Alex doesn't get, think it's funny. Get, getting back I'm to just the – jealous that they support – like that he got an assisted dunk. Like I as a as a – Chubby kid growing up, like I told you, I was like, if I would have like even had the feeling of being able to dunk a ball, I I really think that would have done wonders for my confidence going right. forward in life. And, and unfortunately, it, no. I and even your friends like and, helping you. Dunk. Yeah, no. It was, my friends aren't very good friends if they don't help me dunk when I'm a chubby boy. Yeah, come on, dude. Well, I you know I think that 
for that game, there was a lot to take away from the Virginia Tech game. Some good, some bad. I think obviously the play of Jordan War was a huge story. Chris mm-hmm. Mack saying it was potentially his most complete game in a Louisville uniform. I agree. I would agree. Uh, and the thing is, is had Jordan just hit a few more threes, that could have been a 40-point game. I mean, he went two from eight from behind the three-point yeah. line. Oh, yeah. But I think that we might potentially – that game might have awoke – I might have woke Jordan, Jordan Ward a, a new level. Like, okay, yeah. I realize I got to take it up. I got to start attacking right. well, the I basket. Mean, it, I got to start trying to rebound and throw. I mean, he threw a couple of nice passes. He's diving on the floor. Like, we're seeing things we don't ever see. And I think it was all for the haters. Like, he's, like, wanting so bad to just prove to people who have been flooding his DMs and his mentions with hate, like, so bad. And, go ahead, Alex. Oh, no, I was, I was just saying, obviously – and, you know, he's probably one to check, you know, online and, and in terms of after games and, you know, kind of the, the temperature of what people are saying about him and whatnot. But when you have a game like that and get, like, probably the best feedback you've gotten all season, well, to your point, like, if you're really trying to improve your draft stock, like John Moran did during literally, like, in just a week and a half, the yeah. dude, mm-hmm. you know, just boosted his uh, his, his stardom. Mm-hmm. I think Jordan has a, has a chance to do that. You just got to keep that the level of effort and consistency has to be there because like, I think that's what some Louisville fans get, get tired of seeing is like knowing his potential and seeing when he has complete games and knowing he can do that. And then on the bigger games, just like kind of fade away. And and so like, it, it's frustrating when you know, when you've literally seen it with your own eyes, what a guy's capable of, but you just can't see it on a consistent basis. Well, I, th- I think that what people aren't used to is that is, that Jordan is very capable of creating his own shot, but he's has more of the mentality of he's just going to get his, like he wants to play within the flow of the offense. He wants to, when the ball comes to him and he's open, he's going to shoot when the ball comes to him and he's, he's able to, you know, make a play that's a, that is effective on offense. He's going to do so. Um, if, if there's an op, you know, people get upset that there's not, not an opportunity to, um, you know, you know, for him to, create more steals or make a more op- opportunistic play on defense. Um, I, I, I think that he's just more of a guy that's, he's not, he, we, we've talked about this with Dwayne Sutton too. He just kind of waits for his opportunities. He waits for them to the moment to happen, but this team really needs somebody who's going to step up on a consistent basis and be that guy who takes that shot. I mean, and, and I think for him, he's probably at the point too, where he's received so much criticism that almost mentally he might just be in kind of like effort mode where he's like, you know, maybe I can just take it to the next level. What's, what's the worst that can happen if I take that shot and I fail? Yeah. I, I think that here's the thing. There, there's been a lot of criticism that's been fair and unfair for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he's been potentially one of the most criticized players or maybe had one of the most criticized seasons that I can ever remember for a Louisville fan, maybe outside of Edgar Sosa. I think that that's the last player who has mm-hmm. been, absolutely torched for good and bad performances. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing I'll say about Jordan. I think that he's bordering um, on a potential disappointing season. And I said this in the offseason. I'll say again why. We had we had talked about Jordan coming back. Look, he would have been – if he wasn't hurt in the at the combine, he would have not come back. There would have been no Jordan for a junior year. Mm-hmm. But he made the decision to come back. He made the, the decision to invest in one more season of college, to graduate, to get better on defense, to get better at what the NBA feedback said – and with that came a lot of expectations to win ACC Player of the Year, to be an All-American, All-ACC First Team, mm-hmm. and to make sure that your team was in a spot to compete for a Final Four. Right. 
right. up until this point, he's failed on all of the others. He's not going to win ACC Player of the Year. He's not going to be a first-team All-American. He'll probably be a first-team All-ACC, but in a down year, that doesn't really mean much. But now is the time where Jordan has the opportunity to really submit a legacy and prove that him coming back was not a waste. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, again, it all just, it's all starts with him just kind of making the commitment to be the guy to try to, to at least try to make the play. And they're I don't all think looking anybody, to him. Yeah. They are all looking. If you mm-hmm. watch a, a, a lot of the games this season, when Jordan gets the ball, everybody is doing what we're doing. They're just staring at him. Well, and he's they, the guy. Well, and that's the thing. I, I'm sure in practice, he's one of those guys where you're seeing he's freaking knocking down shots left and right. Like he He's a guy who, who can just go on an absolute tear. So, I, I you know... They, they obviously, it's obvious they know what he's capable of. They, yeah. it's obvious that um, everybody respects his game uh, to that level. Um, so it, it's been interesting to me to see who else has stepped up. Obviously, we've seen Dwayne Sutton um, has stepped up whenever you know. I, I felt like the the last game was a perfect example. They come out and they're just ice cold from the field. Dwayne Sutton's just a guy who's just going to get his whenever he gets an opportunity. Right. But when he sees his team struggling like that, he's a guy who has the capability to put his, put the team on, on his back. Uh, we saw that from Fresh Kimball a lot, um, and we've seen that from Ryan McMahon from time to time. Um, so it, 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 it's interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting for me to see what happens when their backs are truly against the wall. Like if they lose this game, the season's over. If, if, if it's Wara, who's the guy who steps up, or if it's another you know supporting role player. I don't think it's going to be David Johnson. I don't think it's going to be Sam Williamson. I think that, I think that the team knows that kind of hierarchy of the team, yeah. and and who's supposed to be the guy that's supposed to step up and make a play. Um, I think that we're all just kind of hoping that it's Jordan Wara. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be if they're going to go. You know, I think the expectation has completely shifted from what we started, and that's that's perfectly fine. I mean, sometimes sure. your team's not as good as what you think it is, but if they're going to even get to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I think Jordan's got to be. When we said this last year, he's got to be a guy who's going to score twenty points in the tournament in every single game. You are going to, you have to know that every night you're going to get the best Jordan War possible. You're not going to get the Jordan who shuts down uh, all effort or half effort after starting the game zero for five on offense. You know, you're going to get the guy who, no matter what, is locked in and engaged like everybody else beside him. And I'm, I'm hoping that Virginia Tech will lead to that. One of I think going back to to what I just mentioned, like to your point, you can literally take the last two weeks of the season and, and change your whole narrative, right? So when you said Jordan's on the cusp of a disappointing season, that might be true, but we've seen time and time again with different teams and different players within those teams that they literally control their own destiny on on how they want to be remembered, uh, how they want to look, especially if you're a senior or a, a junior looking to go to the draft, like how do I want to leave my mark? Because this is the one time you know everyone is watching you. Mm-hmm. And so what better time to really start putting it on and kicking on? So that way maybe the narrative can be, you know what? Yeah, he had his ups and downs during the season. But that kid literally was everything we thought he could be and more yeah. uh, in the tournament. And that that's still film that counts. And that's what scouts are really going to remember is like, okay, so – Maybe not during some of the clutch games uh, during the season, but at the end during the tournaments. Yeah. I mean, and and he was an all-star and looked like it. Then I think that could really, really help him out because what what is he right now um, in the projected? It it depends uh, on where you look in terms. You told me draft. a couple of them. He, the the most, of them the were, most recent ones have been late first. He's he's never been higher than maybe about twenty five. Okay. Um, but Sam Vinci of the Athletic is a guy who. 
uh, knows a lot about the draft. A lot of his projections are based off of talks that he's had with scouts, and, and he's got Jordan listed as the 58th best prospect in the draft. The, here's the narrative on Jordan Wara in the NBA right now. He disappears too much, and mm-hmm. right. I think he can get past that with a strong shooting performance and really showing up strong uh, through the tournament and then shooting the ball really well in the combine because right. at the NBA level, he's not going to be a guy who is the focus of an offense. He's going to be a spot-up shooter right. who right, can right, potentially right. have you know, some crazy big performances, and, and there's going to be games where he's, he doesn't shoot well and he doesn't provide you much of anything. Like He's going to be a specialty player at the next level, uh, but right now – when you're a guy who was talked about as winning national player of the year and you scored two points against Georgia Tech or Clemson or whoever it was where he had just the terrible game, that's going to be the narrative on you, sadly. And and I think that he's got a real big opportunity here with Virginia on Saturday of really starting to change that. So let's talk about Virginia because this is a game that, I, you know, Louisville's now in, in a good spot to potentially win the ACC or at least split a part of it with Florida State. Mm-hmm. But Virginia was just three weeks ago a team that nobody thought was even going to make the NCAA tournament. They're now ranked in the top 25, coming off a win over Duke. And they are <laughs> – the the performance that they had on offense against Louisville the first time is – they're not going to replicate that. But I, I'm a little bit worried about defensively if Louisville is going to be able to, to handle Virginia – offensively for Louisville, defensively for Virginia, if they're going to be able to handle it. I mean, look – it's it's I I still think that there's that little bit of kind of something in the back of the players' minds too. I think that teams just don't like playing Virginia. Like it's kind of like going to the doctor. Like there's a lot of people who are or the dentist. I guess there's a lot of people who just dread going to the dentist. You know you have to do it, and you know in order to you know have a great smile and and do a lot of great things in life and have have good oral health, you got to go to the dentist, right? Right. It's the same way. With playing Virginia, I know it's kind of like a weird. That's parallel, the best analogy I've ever heard. Playing Virginia is like going to the dentist. It's true. It, no, it, it literally necessary. It literally. But no one wants to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's necessary. Nobody wants to do it. But it, going into Virginia and it, we've never won it at Virginia. Am Quick right? check. When was the last time you went to the dentist? Uh, six months ago. Alex. Mm, probably like eight. I think. Oh, I'm going on like two years. I won't go Ooh. back. Really? Really? I'll clean my own teeth. You but, know, it's really bad. It's bad I know. For, I bad for go, your heart health. I got to go back. But yeah, it is. The last time I went, they told me they were going to have to like break my jaw and realign because by the way my teeth oh, have grown Lord. after braces. I'm like, yeah, no, I'll see you guys later on. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you're just like trying to delay the inevitable. Probably. Yeah. You can start yeah. going to a different dentist. And I could. Have the same opinion. And I will tell them that nobody ever has said that before. Yeah, that's weird. I think I'm going to go get a third opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, back to Virginia, the dentist. No, I mean, and so it'll be interesting to see for a team who the criticism criticism often has been when their backs are up against the wall, they aren't the best decision makers. It'll be interesting for me to see in a game that, especially after the way it went the first time, it just feels like one of those games is going to be like 48 to 45. Like it just feels like that's going to happen. Virginia thrives off of that. Their fans love that. Tony Bennett loves that. Their players just are completely bought in, just playing the absolute worst, most unenjoyable, thoroughly just just ugly form of basketball that ever existed. But it works. Like at, at, at in the same way that I say that, I just watched uh, Texas Tech and Baylor last night play a game to overtime that reminded me a lot of like one of those old Big East games, like Louisville UConn type. Right. Like I I love that. Like I. You know, was glued to the TV watching every second of that, and there was a lot of bad offense in that game. 
What's your what's your biggest concern against Virginia sure. for this particular Louisville team? My my biggest concern is guard play because without having solid guard play, then you can't initiate the offense. You can't get into the lane at all. Um, Louisville is a team that that they kind of live and die by the three, and Virginia's not going to let them get off a lot of open threes, any open threes probably. So it's really going to be the onus is going to be just like in the first game where Jordan Wara and Samuel Williamson uh, and Fresh Kimball and Ryan McMahon were able to kind of create their own shots a little bit and get some open looks. It's The onus is really going to be on David Johnson and Fresh Kimball to get into the lane and, and make things happen, or it's going to be on Jordan Wara and Samuel Williamson on the outside to be able to, to knock down some shots, or I guess Dwayne Sutton to an extent as well. It, it's not going to be a game where Louisville wins or loses it, loses it in the lane. Like I think it, it kind of feels like a game where if UVL can just kind of get off to an, or to a hot start early and just kind of like hang on for dear life towards mm-hmm. the end, that's the kind of game that I feel like we're looking at. Like I feel so like, like they could get, get out to a hot start and then just kind of, you know, like they often do, just try, yeah. try to coast to a win, and Virginia's not going to they're not going to be having any of that. Well, I mean, that's essentially what happened last game at home, right? Like Louisville yeah. got out to a really good start. And then, like you said, essentially just try to hang on for dear life because mm-hmm. Virginia is the, I mean, like you don't want to play behind with most ACC teams, but I mean, Virginia is, you know, the one that you really don't because like four points could, you know, four points might as well be like 10 in some instances in terms of how mm-hmm. hard it is to score against them. But I think to your point this year, you know, people have talked about like the team as a whole is is like a moody team you mm-hmm. know like there's there's been some characteristics and and things thrown around to to kind of describe the team so i think instead of you know living and dying by the 3 i think honestly this team just lives and dies by seeing the ball go in the hoop mhm because oh, absolutely every time every time we lose what's what's the narrative we start missing shots on offense which affects our defensive in, uh, performance oh and gosh. effort and so it just culminates right so it just kind of snowballs and so my thing is i don't care if you make a three a two get you know rack up some fouls uh you know driving in the lane and whatnot like they just need to keep offensive pressure going just to keep their defense mm-hmm. up because like if we start slacking on defense like that's the thing like virginia is not traditionally except for like what the last you know handful of games i yeah. mean they, they really haven't been scoring lights out but but now they're hot on offense too so that's that's why i'm i'm saying like i i would hate for us to go on like a three to four minute run where like we don't score a basket like we've yeah. seen many times before yeah it's that, and then that's gonna sudden, happen and then all of a sudden you know like virginia makes a layup virginia mm-hmm. dikite makes a make a makes a 17 foot jumper or a seven foot jumper like the dude has been fairly accurate from mid-range yeah. so you don't want that to keep culminating because then to his to Presley's point, I mean, there's some sense of this team already in their head mm-hmm. from not just the last game they played and they won, but like the history of Virginia and how they play. And, right. and you already know going into it, it's going to be a grinded out game. It's yeah. going to be the dentist. Right, right. exactly. So yeah. I'm worried about this game for for the the reason you, I think you guys, one of you two just alluded to of why you're, you think kind of positively about it. But Louisville um, in the first game, was able to hold uh, Diakite Huff and uh, Braxton Key, their front court, uh, to 21 points combined, and what is it, nine, 11 rebounds. I think at the time, I remember writing about this, they were averaging a combined like 40 points or 30 points between and the two of them. Correct me if I'm wrong. One of their 
two or three highest scoring games of the season, right? Well, so they scored 73 points, but they got 23 from Kihei Clark, and they got 27 from uh, Weldon Tenzai, who combined to shoot, what, 11 for 16 from three. Like, that's mm-hmm. not happening again. But not happening. With with uh, Malik Williams probably not going to play, Aiden Nagehan is still out. Where Louisville has had, a, has had advantages in the past is being able to dump the ball down to Stephen Enoch and him having not a size advantage uh, vertically, but horizontally, being bigger and stronger. If you remember last game, Jay Huff just kept fouling. Diakite kept mm-hmm. Diakite just couldn't stop him. Right. And they had to bring in a redshirt freshman from Venezuela who had played at that point like maybe four minutes all mm-hmm. season, uh, and who was seven foot three and was just a big girthy guy. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: I wrote about this this week. I, the Stephen Enoch that I've been seeing the last few games is not the same Stephen Enoch that we've seen for the last two years. I think a lot of that is probably that ankle injury that Gotta he be. suffered against yeah. um, very early on against. I can't remember who it was against. It was a home game. Uh, but he hasn't looked right, and if he can't score inside, Louisville's not winning. It's that no. simple. I think Stephen Enoch has got to have at least 15 and 8, maybe even I'd say go 20 and 10, because they have no backup big guy, and Virginia is going to overwhelm Louisville with size and length if even if they can't dump the ball into Enoch. To your point as well, I, I think that this is a game where Louisville, they, they have to play their best defensive game of the year. Um, I think that starting off the season, we everybody was extremely impressed with the way that they were playing defensively. I thought that there was a lot, there were a ton of possessions in some big games where they just really played really excellent lockdown defense. Um, for me, obviously the Michigan game comes to mind. Uh, during the run against Kentucky comes to mind. Um, there is some there, pit both times probably. There there are some games where they really just buckled down and played some really solid defense. We haven't seen that since then. Right. Since since kind of like the early start of conference play, we haven't seen them buckle down and really be mentally tough on defense. And I'm not sure if that's teams kind of figuring out uh, Chris Mack's version of the pack line because uh, we saw, you know, we've seen Mack switch to a lot of straight man. We've seen him switch to some 2-3 zone at times. Um, but to me, this, this is a game where um, I, I think that Virginia has a little bit of confidence playing against a defense that's kind of similar to theirs. Um, so I, I'm really concerned about, um, about the way that they show up defensively and, you know, I think that they have to kind of go in with the mentality that like, okay, we're going to miss shots. But we can't let that affect us. Like it has to be a defensive focus. Right. But Max preached that after almost every loss is like our, our defense can't be affected by our lack of offense, uh, in certain, oh. you know, in certain stretches. The but Florida like, State you, game is the perfect but example like, of that. Saying it. In a post presser, mm-hmm. and then actually witnessing the change has been two different things. Because to everyone's point, it kind of goes back to like, well, they get in the mood, like right? They, and they start hanging their head, they start their body language starts slumping, like they just. And and I think it it's super frustrating for Matt because I think to some degree, like he just doesn't know how to. How do you how do you correct that, that in, message in the game? Yeah. Get their well, mood right back up. And I, you know, I think like you can't. it's a team of a lot of offensively minded guys. And especially in the early going, they didn't really play a super tough non-conference season. Um, so I think they kind of got in that mood. And it was the same way when they went on that 10-game winning streak. They just kind of got in that mood where they just knew that nine times out of 10, they're just going to out, out-talent the opponent on offense. But that's not the case anymore. Um, and it's kind of affected them. Like you said, it's affected him on, on, on the offensive end. Um, to me, Jordan Wara and Ryan McMahon played their two best defensive games of the season against Virginia tech. 
Um, I know we haven't talked about Ryan very, very much, but his defense this season overall has been vastly improved, but especially over the last five or six games, um, and especially against Virginia Tech, I thought his defense was awesome. Um, and I think that's more than his shooting ability has been what's kept him in the game. Um, I don't think that Mac would have him in the game when you have players like Darius Perry, Fresh Kimball, and and uh, David Johnson on, on you know on the bench. I don't think you'd keep Ryan McMahon in 30 minutes a game if, if he wasn't confident in his ability to execute the defense. Right. Um, but regardless, I think that every player has to bring what McMahon and Wara did in the last game every single game going forward or else they're going to be going packing sooner than they want to be. Yeah, I, I think that this is a team that has either – I don't see it any other way. And, and I oftentimes find myself in this place where I, it's either one or the other, but I either see a first-round upset uh, in that in a in a three fourteen game or whatever it is three thirteen or I forget how they do the seating four thirteen I see an upset there I think Louisville's going to make a run to at least the elite eight I think that this team has always played better when their back is against the wall when sure. when they're playing against yeah. in big games that I mean it's do or die you li- mm-hmm. you losing your season's done um, I think they're a little bit t- I think that mentally they're tougher than they were last season um, I think that they're better obviously than they were last season I think they're built to to go on a run Mm -hmm. the thing is is this team i mean they're they're like a i mean i can't even think of a good example their their mentality has is just so wishy-washy you just never Mm -hmm. know what team is going to show up right i mean think about it a couple years ago when when middle tennessee state upset michigan state in the first round and they hit seven or eight threes if that happens to louisville and a team that they play gets hot I don't I just don't know if they can come back from that. However, they lock down defensively, they get hot, they get good buckets early, they go with the way that Mac has asked them to play all season. Right. I think they can make some some noise. Well, I mean like so I have a question for you then. With the same team like with this year's team, um uh, going back to the last NCAA game that we played against Minnesota. Right. Where that similar situation happened. It's exactly what Minnesota happened. Minnesota could not miss. Right. What do you think? So we play let's have that scenario again. So, you know, we play first team and, you know, obviously it'll be a worse team than Minnesota was last year like a 7C, but yeah. Either way, the team gets hot. Goes, you know, just can't miss. I mean, what what's the huge difference you see? even mentally, uh, this year compared to last year? Well, I, mean, that's... I, I think it's another year of being comfortable with Chris Mack and, and knowing what he's understand okay. of what he's asking. The thing is, is do they show up or do they not show up mentally? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's it. The, the, the answer to your question is, do they, do they stop? Like do, in that moment, does somebody on their team round the troops and say, guys, whatever has happened in the past doesn't matter right now. We are because in the tournament, it's all about being able to withstand runs. Like it's sure. all it is. Yeah. And if you mentally can't withstand a run, which we've seen from Louisville, the Florida State game is the perfect example of what happens when everything goes wrong. You stop scoring and you can't get stops. Like I think to answer your question, it's it's they are going to be able to mentally lock in. If that sounds if that's a good answer, I don't even know. So to me, and I think everybody has been speaking all season to this kind of mentality, this kind of. And I felt like this going back to last year even. Louisville will play a lot of games where they get up early and they push the lead out to about 10 or 12. And once they see that lead get to double figures, they just kind of do their own thing. They stop executing on offense. They let a few plays you know, go by on defense. They get a little lackadaisical. And we've seen that a lot this season where they, they'll go on their own offensive run. The other team is missing shots. Uh, they're hitting on the other end. 
They're going on the run. Other teams are calling timeout. All of a sudden, Louisville is kind of back on their heels a little bit. Uh, and I don't know, you know, to, to, to me, ultimately, I feel like this is a great just group of guys. Like, I think it's like, if you look at each player individually, like if you look at Jordan War, if you look at Stephen Enoch, Malik Williams, Ryan McMahon, uh, you know, Dwayne Sutton, you go down the list, each one of those players is extremely gifted, extremely skilled player, um, even compared to what we've had in, in pretty recent years. Yeah. You know, this is a very, very skilled team. It's very, and it's a very good mentally, I feel like mentally tough group of guys, but for whatever reason, there's not cohesion and there's not just that it factor yeah. that we've seen right. on a lot of those Patino coach Louisville teams. And, and I also think that, you know, Chris Mack is still a fairly young coach. You know, his team at Xavier had some tournament success, but more times than not, they didn't go very far. So this is a lot of this is new territory to him as well. And look, you know, it's you, you hire a coach to rate to replace Rick Patino and you want somebody who can match that level of intensity and moving the needle in March. But we have to grow like we're going to grow as a fan base through some of the struggles that Chris Mack is going to face. The recruiting this year was the best example of that. Sure. And the amount of fans that quickly were like, oh, no, no, the dude's got to go. He can't recruit like like we didn't like what about Patino getting upset by Cal in the first round? What about Patino getting upset by Moorhead State? We don't want to talk about that. We want to quickly judge Chris Mack. My point to say is that that like it, the, they could have the best team in the world this year and you just never know what's going to happen. Right. You just never know what's going to happen. But for me, I think the biggest thing is they just have to mentally take it to another level that we haven't seen yet. And I think that some of them alluded to that against Virginia Tech, that mentally mm-hmm. they took it to another level. Uh, but what happens when it's uh, when it's Dayton and not Virginia Tech? When when you, you're playing, a, what if it's Kansas? What if it's Baylor? Like you're playing against real teams. Not to say Virginia Tech is not a real team, but right. we all know they're not good. And it, when you're playing against really good teams, what level of intensity do you bring to the court? And that's what we're going right. to find out. Well, and, and the thing that kind of like gives me that like weird feeling in my stomach is not that I don't think that they can do it. I just think that the other teams already have. And that's what concerns me the most. When you look at Kansas, when you look at Baylor, mm-hmm. when you look at even maybe a, a Florida State, Virginia, Duke, those kind of teams, I, I feel like when when they've been put in those situations – they were able to land the last punch. Yeah. And Louisville has been at times, but oftentimes their biggest wins, every big win in the Chris Mack era saved the Michigan State game last year, which is kind of a weird game all around. Right. I feel like every game in the Chris Mack era with the big wins, for instance, North Carolina on the road last season, um, Michigan this year, they get out to a big lead and they just like hang on to the big lead. Yeah. They're not never, good at playing close games. They're, they're, not. they're not good at playing close games. They're not good at playing like a back and forth. Yeah, like even mental. Duke. I mean, even yeah. Duke, they had to lead the exactly. majority of that game. And so that's kind of what. Same with Virginia. That's kind of what terrifies me. Like when I'm watching again, I'll revert back to that Texas Tech Baylor game. Um, I, I really just like, I didn't feel like, I feel like they had that kind of just that little extra tenacity right. that this team lacks. Yeah. And, and, and I, that was the Patino factor when he was here. Right. He, he brought that to his mm-hmm. team. The thing is, is I've said it for a long time. There is, and this is what happens when you have a bunch of players that you didn't recruit that played in, were recruited to play in a system that you weren't, you didn't create. When they were being asked to do things and and be required mentally of other, you know, things that you're not, or maybe vice versa. There's a disconnect between the group of leaders, the upperclassmen, and Chris Mack. There, there just sure. is, right? Yeah. Their message, his message, has clearly not resonated with them enough to this point. Because if it did, they would have stopped blowing leads a long time ago. They mm-hmm. would have not shown up to games and from the start, you know, had just piss poor effort where mm-hmm. the coach, Chris Mack, walks into a press conference 
you know, we still don't know. We still haven't gotten this to this, sure. you know, intensity thing figured out yet. There's a there's a disconnect, and I don't think that's going to go away in the tournament. But I think it's going to be the players collectively having to come together and be like, "Look, man, this is all we got." Dwayne Sutton, like like what he does every night is what I need to see from all 13 players on sure. that team. And and again, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know if they can do it. I'm dying to see that kind of, you know, like I talked about when when it's a tie game, when it's 30 to 30, and Louisville goes on a 15 to four run. And they kind of push the lead out. They get complacent. I want to see when they go on a 15-4 run. I want to see that turn into a 25 to eight run. You know, and that's just that's kind of that's that last step that they have to take. Um, I kind of think back to like you said, there was a lot of there's a lot of criticism in the Patino era too, and we quickly forget that because he went to the three Final Fours, he won a national championship, but there were some hard times when he first got here. I mean, they were not. You know, by any stretch of the imagination, good. They, you Are know, you about with Rick Pitino? with under under Pitino. Yeah, they got upset by Butler in what was it, two thousand and one or two? In the they first lost round. to Xavier the next year. Like, yeah, they, there was some there were some tough seasons. Yeah, there, and, um, and it's the growing pains thing. Yeah, like, you just have to to get through it. But you know, I think that the thing that you can kind of take away there's two positives with this NCAA tournament. You guys tell me if you agree with this. One, I don't think we've seen the best Louisville team. For an extended run, for more than one game, right? So you can go back and you go look at Michigan State last year, Duke yeah. this year, Michigan earlier in the season. But there's never been back-to-back games. Uh, that's, that's actually probably not a positive. That's probably a negative. But uh, my point being is there's still time to show I, yeah, and everybody it, at one time show up and play their best basketball. It's that's my not, point. We haven't seen that yet. It's not just like a, a wishful thinking, like a hopeful, optimist, optimistic side of things. Like This is a team that has the talent, that has the depth, that has the 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 weapons to make a huge run. Yeah. We just haven't seen that. That doesn't mean though that, you know, we hadn't seen that from Bettino from 2009 until, you know, you know, April of or March of 2012, you know, there right. were, he went three years where, where fans were clamoring for him to go. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like there is a huge faction of the fan base that, you know, even though they love Bettino, you know, what the intensity, the, the kind of like, revitalization after the crumb era that he brought. Yeah. There are a lot of doubters between 2009 and 2012. Similarly now, like we, we all it took was that run to the final four in 2012 that nobody was expecting. And all of a sudden it was on 2013, 2014, 2015. There was just this massive run. This is massive, excellent stretch of recruiting. They was just, everything was clicking on all cylinders, but what it took was that run. Does Louisville have that run in them this season? Because yeah. if you if they make that run this year, say David Johnson's a huge factor and he comes back. Say you know Malik Williams is a huge factor and he comes back. Like all of a sudden you're looking at you know season after season getting on that role. But all they need, right. like you said, we know they have it in them. It's can they make take that final step to make that final run? Yeah. Well, I think that's why there's so many like. A final four run or an elite eight run, sweet sixteen, whatever however deep we go, like every person on this team has an incentive to to go far. Like Jordan Wara has an incentive to ball out. Um, same with Stephen Enoch. Exact yeah, Enoch. Same I mean like Jordan. you got the older guys that are trying to showcase their and they have like one final opportunity. You got young guys that you actually want to get them experience in the tournament because everyone kept talking about how how experienced our team is and and you start thinking you're like okay well we lost last year to Minnesota in the first round I don't think a single player on this team has won an NCAA game besides well, Ryan no, 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 no. Mann against Jacksonville Just, State against I was uh, say, before I don't they think lost it, to Michigan 
Yeah. I don't think anybody on this team, especially, hasn't made it to the second weekend. Yeah, because yeah, you beat nobody. Jacksonville State and then you got beat by Michigan. Again. Right. So no, it's so, no yeah. player on that. That's scary, man. Right. That, and that's the other thing negative people, right there. People mm-hmm. want to think about is like how deep and experienced and old this team. And I was like, yeah, they're old, but in terms of ex- being old and being experienced in a very competitive completely different things i mean yeah it's it's totally different that's why you see so many times you see teams like go to the sweet 16 one year and come back with the same group of guys and then make the final four exactly it happens all the time and i think that if they can do that this year right this year uh i think that that's that could be a good positive to take into next season that you bring in and and i was listening to to mark ennis and luke hancock talk about this on the way in next season chris mack gets a mentally like a a team that is exactly what he had at xavier dudes that are just freakishly long athletic and mentally are dogs right so you get mm-hmm. you get a jay scrub you get a malik williams back you get david johnson back you add a couple of other guys maybe a graduate transfer and you're prepared to, with the momentum to make the run next season which is mm-hmm. funny because earlier this year you said is this the year or the year before the year right. right maybe this is the year before the year i don't know but anyways it's definitely the year before the year for women's basketball for sure, sure. yeah for I sure mean, i'm excited like how deep they can go this year i think they, really they can win it all this year for i really sure. think they have a sh- like it's more open than it's been like the top five or yeah. whatever but next year i know we talk and i'm not trying to get yeah no, no no we'll, but it's I, gonna be nuts you're exactly right jeff and walls has set them up to be a freaking powerhouse next year what what recruit wouldn't want to come to louisville and women's basketball knowing that the last three years louisville's had the acc player of the year and the last three years each graduating class has been the winningest class they keep in topping, program history. Pe- topping right. each other. Yeah. They keep becoming winninger and winninger. Dude, when you have the ability to convince a all American five star, a so, celebrity at that, she is no, a. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm talking about the. Uh, I forget her name, but essentially the the girl that he, the, the the player he convinced who was a all American five star to to literally red shirt her first year. Didn't even give her a shot. Like, yeah. just like, hey, I just want you to know we have a great team this year, especially at your position. We're pretty stacked. I want you to be, you know, one of the eight McDonald's All-Americans next year, yeah. which is just stupid to say mm-hmm. out loud. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you, you add on essentially like a celebrity level Haley Van Lith. Right. Who's going to be a dominant player year one like she could be their best player next season or maybe one of their top two or three players in her freshman year i've never heard a high school player use the word killer like so many times in she's gonna what are you i'm a killer she's gonna bring a new level of, of attention to louisville as well i mean yeah that's the whole she's thing she's kind of got women's basketball right now i mean she might be more famous than several wnba players like she's, she's bringing a, a following female like yes. she's bringing a following with her i, I don't think that many like louisville fans right now like under like understand that like, yeah it's crazy the girl's right. known Let's talk NCAA tournament. Let's talk new segment just for this week. We might do it again next week. We might. Net or gnaw? Oh. This is your deal, man. So set this up because I have no idea what we're doing here, been, but I think this I've is fun. I've been setting up the spreadsheet uh, as, as we're actually talking. If you know so, if there's a spreadsheet, it's going to be fun. Well, well, one, you know that's just <laughs> a little more effort on my part because when have I ever said the word spreadsheet during the podcast? Which is probably never. Never, but you should but, say it more. So I made an Excel spreadsheet because uh, I want to play a little game with you guys. Okay. So, I like games. Uh, I, Love I, games? I texted Jacob earlier. I couldn't I couldn't figure out what to call it, like net or naw or like netty or nice or like literally anything like that has to do with the net. I was just trying to, uh, you know. I like netty or nice better than I like. What about nothing but, but net? Ooh, that's good. You know what? These are all good. Whatever, Sorry. Presley. How dare you hijack my what segment? What is this, your game? Okay, cool. It's net. No, it's fine. Oh, sorry. No, whatever. Whatever. So here's the thing. I have one. Let's see. 
I got eight teams. Well, seven besides Louisville. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I have compiled uh, essentially the top five most used rankings uh, that people look at. In, sure. We all know that the NCAA committee is going to majority or what is it? Majorly? I don't is know. It? I think it's majority. Majority? majority? No, no, no. I think it's major. Is it Pam or Pan? I can help with this situation. Either <laughs> way. Uh, so we all Two know like, they're, they're mainly going to rely on the net ranking itself, but it's hilarious sometimes to look at the net compared with the other four main ranking systems. So what I'm going to do is I am going to give you guys a team, and I know you both have your laptops in front of you, so if you cheat on this, God is watching. That's all I'm saying. Just letting you know. I need to probably just pick up a microphone here. Yeah, that might work. So the first team I'm going to start out with, I'm going to say their name. Uh, we're going to go with BYU. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple different rankings that aren't the net. Okay. And then, well, actually, here's what I'll do. I'm going to give you three rankings. Okay. One of them is going to be the net. Okay. So you literally have to pick uh, what you think is the most accurate because the net is all-knowing. Right. And no one understands it. It's like the new cloud. Everyone's down with it, but they can't explain it. So, okay, we're starting with BYU. Okay, and this is just honestly, this is probably one of the most consistent ones. So this is just going to be a little more sure. like a practice. Yeah, feeler. sure, sure. All right. So one ranking system has them fifteenth. Okay. One has them eleventh. One has them seventeenth. One has them ninth. Can I look at their schedule? Well, that well, is that allowed? Ooh, yeah. Have, uh, yeah. If there's a way to look but at their schedule, basically, I'm just trying to determine what what what, what their net ranking is, right? So BYU's 24 and seven. Yes, and they've got a win over number one Gonzaga. Um, they've thinking, got uh, number two Gonzaga. Sorry, uh, they've got a win over Utah State. They lost to Kansas by uh, 15. Lost to Utah. Beat Virginia Tech. Beat Houston, who's now a top 25 team, and then lost to San Diego State by five. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them low. They don't have a ton of quality wins. What was the lowest ranking? Ninth. I'm gonna. That was the lowest out of no, all. The, of those? Oh, lowest. You mean like like the, the worst. Worst. highest? Yeah, the seventeenth is the highest. I'm gonna go with seventeenth. I'm gonna go complete opposite. I think they're ninth. Ooh. What's our answer? Presley got the net. Wow, that's interesting go. to me because go they really only have one quality win. Now it's a top two team. But I mean, everything else on that. I mean, all of their Power Five games are losses. Yeah, they have beat San Francisco twice. Who is so once? Here's here's what I want to hear because this is what the net values so much. It was so I think that if I remember correctly, some of their wins were on the road. Um, so they could be high on the yeah. quadrant one win spectrum. Right? Yeah. And so I think that's probably what has propelled them a little bit higher. Yeah, they yeah. De- they beat, but they beat Gonzaga at home. They beat uh, another tournament team, most likely UCLA. They beat them at home. So, I mean, they don't have any road, any big road wins. In fact, they've got a couple of bad road losses. St. Mary, that's amazing to me. I would love to know why they're ranked so high. They're a good team. Well, but they got a dude they, on their team who looks like he's 59. Their guard is balding. Yes. Like, and I think yes. he's only so, like a sophomore. They basically are, right? I mean, isn't that the joke every year with BYU? Yeah, right. is like they're they're all 30-year-olds playing college Well, sports. I mean, that's what happens when you have to take two years to go on a mission trip before you can play basketball. You come sure. back, and instead of being 18, you're 20. So by the time mm-hmm. you're finished, you're 24, 25, and you look like us, right? That, that that's, that's true. All right. What's next? All right. Next, we have the... 
somewhat polarizing West Virginia Mountaineers. Okay. Because if I remember correctly, they started the season off fairly strong, and then apparently, like what recently they have just. Um, what was the team? I'm sorry. West Virginia. West Virginia. West Virginia. They, yeah. yeah, they're they've now got a losing record in their uh, in conference play. I think they're nine and ten. But I, if I remember correctly, I know their strength of schedule is very very good. I think they West do Virginia. Have a hard strength of schedule. I think West Virginia has one of the best strength of schedules in the country, and I think that's what's been kind of holding them up because they were really they yeah. were really on a tear there for a bit, and then they ran into a buzzsaw. They played right. like wow. Kansas, I mean, they're nineteen and ten. Yeah, they, they got double. They played losses. like Kansas and Baylor back to back. Yeah, they right. went Ohio State and Kansas, and Ohio State was number two at the time. They beat them, lost to Kansas by seven. Are you guys ready for the numbers? Yes, let's hear the numbers. Sorry, they've uh, played a lot of top five teams. Mm-hmm. That's a right. that's amazing. So. We got 14, we got 21, we got 46, and we got 30. And we said the net values road wins and the net values strength of schedule and quad one wins, right? If they're ranked, but uh, it also doesn't hurt you. BYU. It also doesn't hurt you for quad one losses, right? Very much. So that's that would be they've lost to Kansas twice, they've lost to Baylor, they've lost to I think uh, they beat Texas Tech. I don't know. Texas might be a quad one yeah. loss right now. TCU, I don't think they're a quad one. They probably right. quad two. I don't. I, I'm gonna go low on this. I'm so gonna go forty. Whatever the forty number here's was. Here's the four numbers again. We got thirty. We got fourteen. We got twenty-one. And we have forty-six. I think it's twenty-one. Yeah, I'm gonna go twenty-one. All right. You guys both got the net. No. Hey, there you two go. Two for two. All right. two baby. Nice. Man. All right. P freaky. So the next team is actually going to be the one that Lenardi is talking about on the TV Ooh, that, right now. That's Dan eight. Dockage, not oh, Joe Lenardi. Never, well, it said Joe Lenardi in big letters. Say, He's talking about Joe Lenardi's bracket. Either way, Dan Dockage or I Joe Lenardi just got significantly uglier and more annoying. <laughs> and you can you can quote me on that, Dan. I was go ahead, come go ahead and block you. me on Twitter, big guy. Yeah. All so right, let's hear these. It. it it is funny because after going on a long win streak, they have now lost, what, three of their last four? So, uh, without going too, too deep, the four numbers, the four numbers, you're not going to, you're going to break my focus. Four numbers, I got you. 26, okay. 45, mm-hmm. 20, 21. So they only have really one outlier. Say it one more time. All right. 26, 45, 21, and 20. And we already said West Virginia is 21, so it can't be 21. I want to go on record by saying that I I don't trust the net if they're 46. Yeah, I'm just I gonna go ahead and just have complete lack because they are not the 46 best team by any. They've metric. got a really like, good resume. No way. So they've got here. Let me just for you and I. But they let were me, like, let me what, help you out they here. were so, like ranked ninth a couple weeks yeah, ago, right? Right, and yeah, then lost yeah. three in a row. But they've uh, they beat. Let's see. Let's go back up to the top. They beat Syracuse. They beat mm-hmm. Georgetown. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, a loss to Ohio State by a lot. Oh my goodness, they lost yeah, by yeah, thirty cream. points. Yeah. They did beat number four Maryland. They beat number twenty three Iowa. They've got a loss to Rutgers, which is going to be a quad one loss. They've got another win over Ohio State, so they they've split that series. They got a win over Michigan, Indiana, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Purdue. Those are really good wins. And then they've got losses to Illinois, Indiana, and Iowa, with another win on against Rutgers. Those are all those losses, besides maybe Minnesota and Wisconsin, are going to come to teams who probably make the NCAA tournament. Indiana right now is looking like they're probably on the other side. Which Ohio State's not one of the teams I have listed for this game, but I will say they freaking. 
Like, there's a few polls that still love Ohio State. So, oh, if you look at Ken Palm, I think they're um, seventh in Ken Palm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the higher number. Well. I think it was 17. Okay. I'm gonna take 17. They've got a great what, resume. What were the other ones that weren't 46? 21, which is, it's not 20. Okay, we're talking. No. Here's the four numbers for Penn State. 20. I got 20. I you got ranked 26th, 46th, uh, 21, or 20. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm 20. gonna say 20. Nah. How is BYU ninth? Penn I don't State understand is that. a 26 in okay. the net ranking. Okay. Okay. So as long right, as it's, it's not 46. It's at the 45. All right. So let's go what, back up. Let's recap. What metric here. ranks them 46? RPI. Wow. Which has been known to vastly be different um, from the net from time to time. Apparently. All right. And we said BYU was ninth. BYU is ninth. Okay. And so we got way, BYU ninth, West Virginia 21st. 21. If you get a chance, Penn watch State it. 26th. Watch a BYU game. Yo, I watched the whole Gonzaga game. I the blind not. squirrel. It was amazing. They're they're they are a very good team. You very can beat Gonzaga. I think you're top you're to bottom. They're solid. Honestly, all right, let's I do can... let's do two more here. All right, two more. Let me seven. We'll be here all night doing seven. I know. Well, yeah. I didn't think you guys were gonna be like deeply breaking down, but this is more fun than I thought. So. I like this. All right, this is one I really love. All right, let's talk about Minnesota. Okay. Okay. So. Mr. Uh, Patino Jr. has had himself quite a season, mm-hmm. and the metrics cannot figure out what the hell to do with the Golden Gophers. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah, they, Ugh, their yeah, schedule. Ugh. And what's the record? Something. 13 and 15. Oh, right. They are in 12th place in the Big Ten, which would mean they are, what, they got 14 teams, so they're second to last? Mm-hmm. All right, so here's some. Here's the four numbers I'll give you. Uh, they didn't even make one of the one of the metrics, so <laughs> I can only give you four out of I can only give you four out of the five numbers because there was only four out of five numbers. Okay. So we have thirty-one. Okay. Forty-eight. Okay. One hundred seven. Mm. Or forty-six. I feel like one hundred seven is Ken Palm. I don't know why. I just feel like it is. Uh, I feel like. I, I, that would be like the Joe Schmo poll because if I saw thirteen and fifteen, I'd probably rank him somewhere. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna <laughs> go. I think 107 is too too high. I'm gonna go 48. I think so as well. 48. Close. 46. 46. Uh, 46. Yeah. Okay. But who had them? Who had them? 107. 107 was RPI. Ken Palm had him at 31, which is wild. That is amazing. But 31 it's because it's because for, Ken Palm values yeah. strength of schedule a lot. Right. And yeah, but I mean, what it's you still can just have funny a great to see schedule. on paper, though. You like, can have a great schedule all you want, and if you lose, what does it matter? You didn't win. Talk about like it, talking about it's like, uh, it, yeah. But then people used to say that about Louisville all the time in the Big East when they'd go like, it's like, I, yeah, eight, I worked like on this twenty re- and, and eleven or whatever I, that equals out to be. I worked right. on this really big marketing campaign, and it was really great, and it had really big plans, and it looked like it was going to be great, but it failed. So I get but a race. Boss, boss still said I did a pretty good job. Yeah. We didn't get the business, but okay, it, it worked but, out. But I did a but good you, job. You have to be able to say that, though, because by the same token, we give all these teams that are like mid-major teams, they get a bunch of crap right. if they yeah. don't play a, a, a tough schedule, and then they don't they beat a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, you know, right. so. and, and I think that those teams don't get in the tournament. But then you look at a team like East Tennessee State, who I think is going to be an automatic bid this year, who has like three Power 5 wins. That's... You, and then they lost to Kansas. They lost to somebody else. Like you've got to beat those teams when you put them on your schedule. You can't just talk about. Yeah, we had some good teams on our schedule. Right. But we didn't beat them. Okay, so I was right, gonna go to the, the final game. team I was gonna go with was gonna be Michigan State, but they're kind of pissing me off. Hold on, I want to know. So, do you know all the rankings for Louisville? Because I don't know any of them. I have I no can, idea where they so are. All I know is that they are ninth, I believe, in Ken Palm right now. Okay, nah. let's do let's do Louisville. Let's finish with Louisville because I don't know. They are ninth in Ken Palm. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. So we can eliminate nine. So just give us three numbers then. 
for Louisville? For Louisville, you want yeah, to? Yeah, I have no idea what oh, okay. Louisville sits I, in any I, of these I literally clubs. wasn't going to do Louisville because I figured you guys would already probably no, know. I, but no, I, I typically don't, don't look at any of that right. stuff. I mean, four it's just numbers, a bunch of numbers. Four numbers for Louisville. Okay. Uh, eight, 15, 10, and 9. Okay. So at least we have we have a small <laughs> range, thankfully. Yeah. Like we're not like some outlier. Okay, the and tell me I, what net values again. They value good wins. Good wins. Not bad losses. Which, Which they has none. I mean, really. They, I mean, they Georgia don't, Tech and Clemson Georgia, worked their way Georgia out. Georgia Tech is going to end up being right. a quad one loss, and so is Clemson. I mean, Clemson's so. the only team in the country to beat three top ten yeah. teams at home. I mean, that's so, unreal. Yeah, yeah that's not uh, – that that's that's really what I think that a lot of these metrics – that's why Louisville's staying so high. Yeah. I mean, I think away away wins count. Like, they, I think yeah, those you, get a little heavier than – You beat than, Duke at home than, on the road. Almost beat Kentucky on the road. I mean, yeah. I, I personally don't see that their schedule is a, a great – resume i mean it's they've got a couple of good wins michigan's is michigan their best duke's their best win yeah michigan's duke's probably their the second win. best win and after that virginia there's not a bunch of good wins virginia might Vir- i mean those are your three big well, wins that, that's the thing so i was looking at i have no idea why i was looking at it but i was looking at bracketology earlier today and i saw virginia was a nine seed yeah. which is it's not they're oh not gonna God. be but can you imagine because i saw virginia was in louisville's bracket they have Virginia as a nine seed in Kansas. Can you imagine being Kansas having a season they've had? They got to play Virginia in the second round. So here's what I think is going to happen. If you remember back to I think it was 2014 or 15, the year that I think it was 15, the year that Kentucky went to the championship, they were the eight seed that got an undefeated Wichita State mm-hmm. in the second round. And if you remember, everybody was so pissed. So How mad. Dare Wichita State Region have to play? Right? Why would they have to play Kentucky? I think that you're going to see Virginia get put in San Diego State's bracket right. or I Dayton's bracket. I don't think it'll be Kansas. No, I don't. Nor think so would either. I feel bad about that. But I do think it's going to be one of the teams that literally, it's like, yeah. it's like every once in a blue moon, we have a really, really good team like and we San don't Diego want to blow State. it, and they're going to get screwed, and then yeah. they're going to get screwed. Yeah, that Absolutely. Wichita State team was the one that had Ron Baker and Fred Van Lee. I mean, they were they were really. But and I they swear to God, game, Jacob, yeah. if you don't pick a number within the next five seconds, sorry, for I like to talk about mid-major teams. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I had one more after this. I was really happy. I think it's 11. Do. I think it's 11. 11's not an option. <laughs> no. What is it? Sorry. Eight, 15, and 10. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with 10. I'll go with 10 as well. Sorry. We're actually eight right now in the net ranking. In the net. Obviously, that'll change uh, depending upon how the Virginia so game that goes. That would put them if if they went BYU strictly off the net seed. The net seed. Threw off the net seed. They went off the net. They'd be a two seed. Rankings. They'd be a two seed. True. I, but here's the thing. I think we're going to get screwed because they only rely mostly on the net and then a few other things. And I think the few other things are going to be like, things that are going to get and, it's, back. and if you know, I, people are going to go, like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, Barnhart, Mitch no, Barnhart is the head of the tournament committee. If Louisville right. gets screwed, we get to screw I'm not that, one for man. conspiracy theories, but that's some bullshit. He's going to be like, yeah, let's put them so, like a 14 Speaking team. of SEC, <laughs> that's the final team I want to wrap this up with. LSU. Auburn. Okay. God, he looks okay. so disappointed. When I was really hoping it was going to be Jeez, LSU. Well, so I was hoping you put Auburn number one because we get to talk about Madison. Oh, yeah. Let's Maddie, talk about Madison. Maddie Brew. We'll finish the show with Madison. They had a heartbreaker oh, I'm sorry, this weekend Preston. against Kentucky. But number two, um, I think that this Louisville team is very similar to Auburn last year. I could see it. I could see you it. see what I'm saying? But you're missing the guard play, though. They had, they had, uh, well, they had, they had Harper they, and they had Bryce Brown. They had good guard play, but they rode okay defense. And really, really, really good offense to the to the Final Four. Yeah, and I could see. And if we're talking about you know sure. an ex, a recent example of Louisville doing that, which I think that I think we could all agree. Obviously, we're very spoiled with the defenses that we've seen over the years here. But if if there's a team to compare them to, I think it's last year's Auburn team. I think with, if we can score 81 against Virginia, even this year's Virginia team, I don't care. You know if they're you know not the Virginia of last mm-hmm. year and all that shit. 
you put up 81 on a team that averages what uh, in the mid 40s for for defensive uh, points allowed. They average right at the, right at 50. Yeah. Give me that. T- like we know this team is capable at at really racking mm-hmm. up points, but mm-hmm. to to everybody's point, the whole theme of the pod is like, how long can you sustain it? Because mm-hmm. you got to go what six. Six games gets you to the championship, I guess. So at least yep. five, you know. Uh, five, five games gets you to the championship. Six, okay. six wins the whole shebang. Okay, there you go. So at least, you know, we can go, you know, even four games at this point, I think. It's all it takes. We're not going to have and, and an no, Nobody talks like that. about that, right? So, you, you know, 64, 32, 16, 8. You have to win. All you have to do is get hot for eight games. Or four, four games. Jeez. That would suck. I was gonna you got to get hot for eight only games. Only have to get hot for eight games. I'm yeah. not taking Louisville in an eight game yeah. stretch. Right. No chance. Okay. So here's my thing. All you got to right. do is get hot for four games. Sorry. Right. Here's yeah. what I Give got. me the Auburn numbers. Here's what I got for Auburn. We have 17. We have okay. 38. Okay. We have three. And we have three. 27. All right. I'm going, three. I'm going 38. That's why I like the. Yeah. No, that's they're, why definitely, like the, they're definitely not three. But I'm just trying garbage. to think of. Their I bet you. more fun than the LSU team. I bet you. Auburn over that because. In terms of this game, it's more fun because, like, I like to see. And they have bad losses. They lost to Missouri. They lost to Georgia. Well, okay, so if you follow along, Alabama. I, I do post on Twitter after the gate, the day after every Louisville game. I post how they move along in the Ken Palm. So I kind of keep track of Ken Palm. I know that Auburn's not third in Ken Palm, um, and I believe that they're not third in the net. Um, it sounds to me like based off of what you've told us that they're probably third in the RPI because that's just been just a, the worst metric of all time. Yeah, and I mean I could at least see that a little bit because you've got you know you got a road you got to win against Kentucky you got a road win against Arkansas right, so, you got to win against LSU. Yeah, I mean they they have some good wins. They just I'm gonna have go. Some bad I'm going losses. with the long the long number there. Thirty six. Yeah, they yeah. lost. I'm, I'm gonna take thirty six. Thirty eight. They lost to a couple of really bad teams. Nah, they're th- they're gonna be three, aren't they? Oh God, no! They're twenty-seven. Uh, twenty-seven. Okay. Yeah, that was like I just want to throw the because RP to Presley's point, RPI did have him at the three. Um, that's pathetic. The, R- the RPI is, is the drunk that's pole. pathetic. <laughs> that's the drunk pole for sure, man. Go oh. home. Yeah, just go home, go RPI. Home. You're drunk. Whatever. As soon as we get off here, I'm going to think of something great that stands for RPI that we, that I could have said. It's but, just yeah, amazing so. for how long and 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 how like how much it was relied upon, and now you're just seeing that that's the one pole. Out of like now that all these other algorithms and things are being put into place, mm-hmm. like RPI is looking like the maybe we shouldn't have used this as heavily as we did for as long as we did because it kind of makes no sense. That's yeah. I mean, it, for the longest time they they decided, literally voters decided who would play in the national championship game in football. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, so you know, to to air is human, to be dumb is computer. I don't know. True, but I will finish with this. Okay. With Louisville being eighth currently. Okay. Especially, and, and knowing that the committee heavily favors using the net. Mm-hmm. I know it's super cliche and everyone always says it, but at the end of, you know, when March comes around, you know, the, this team has their destiny in their hands. Well, like, when you're a, when you're eighth right now, like you said, you're you're on the two line. So, I mean, I, I think really... You're talking about you could easily play yourself in or out of a two seed at yeah, this point, and, right. and, and so I really do think the ball is in their court for in, sure. And in terms of you win the ACC tournament, you might even be talking about. I mean, I mean, you, you don't have get to have to the a championship. Lot happen, just yeah. be either like if we can upset Duke again, 
Or, I mean, like, I honestly, it's weird. I have more confidence beating Duke again than I do even trying to beat Florida State the first time. See, I don't. I have more confidence in them beating Florida State the third time than I do them beating Duke. I think they're going to lose it's to just, Duke. I really do you do. remember how big of a deal it was that Louisville beat UConn three times? Yeah, you all, yeah. you often hear that nobody can beat a team the three times. It's right. the hardest it's, thing it's, to it's do. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. All right. Closing thoughts. Anything anything to close with here? We'll, Bachelor prediction. Bat- what, what okay. is your, okay, what's your prediction? One. What's going to happen so we have ne- – Probably before we even meet next time. Yeah. We're going to have a two-night finale, finale yeah. for The Bachelor. Uh, we're finally going to figure out what Peter's mom... Oh, Peter's mom, man. That, that is totally my mom. She would do the same thing. So, no, hold on. She, what, what, what happened? Okay, so, so let's let's give everybody who's listening yeah, a little someone update. Someone that doesn't... Okay. Wa- like, I'm... For all the listeners that don't care or mm-hmm. don't watch the, sure. the Bachelor or Bachelorette, mm-hmm. I'm you. Okay, all so right, let me do my best. Talk to, to me do like this. I'm a fifth okay. grader. Okay. Explain to me like essentially. <laughs> Explain this to me like I'm five. One, it's hilarious that they're just trying to have uh, what's his name, Chris. Uh, God, who's the who's the host? Uh, Chris Harrison. It's mm-hmm. amazing that like every year it just seems like how much FaceTime can we get this guy on American TVs? Yeah, it's never going to go Has away. it ever been a two-night of... Oh, like, every year. Oh, every year. Oh, yeah. seriously? Not, sometimes it's like three It'll be like, like, it'll be like two you, hours each. Oh, they're so amazing much, at dragging that show out. They are great it's at filling content. All right, so let's go back to last season of the show. Peter had his heart broken in the final three. Hannah decided to go with Jed and Tyler instead. Uh, at the time... A lot of people really liked Peter. He was the one guy who was kind of like an innocent. He's a pilot. He's not an Instagram model. Like he's a real guy. He's still he's um, still I mean, one of the though. more liked bachelor. I, like, no even, doubt. Even gonna, after this. Uh, oh wait 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 wait. The one of the most liked. Like like coming, coming into the season. Coming in yes. He it's was just, he was very very well. I know the show's amazing when when the two jobs Jacob proposes is either a pilot or an Instagram model. There's there's no in between. I mean that's like that's that's what you find <laughs> no on the show. Right, so I know, I was like, Peter had his heart broken, and he watched the the love of his life pick a douchebag, for the, the lack of a better term. Yep. Okay. So he comes onto the show this year, and all he says is, I just don't want to make the wrong decisions. I want to make sure that I find my wife. Yep. And along the way, he eliminated everybody who had any resemblance of being the right person. Yep. He gets down to a final three of a, of a girl, except for Madison. Madison's the one that fits that. And nobody could I, – I, I, from the beginning – Don't get too always, in depth. Right. From the beginning, I always said Kelly – Madison, Hannah Ann. Yeah. I always said yeah. that. Okay, so he's down to three females. Okay. Uh, well, he was down last episode to three females. One of them has crazy accusations of being a homewrecker. Uh, on the show, she's been a complete lunatic with how she – I've never seen somebody get like into an argument. They'd be like, I don't know what you want me to do, Peter. Like Before any oh. conversation could even take place, just shuts down. Hannah Ann is a 23-year-old model. So you would imagine what comes with dating and being married to a 23-year-old mm-hmm. model. Makes sense. Uh, and then you have Madison. Madison is a, a – I, did she play at Auburn? I have no idea. I know her dad is the director of basketball operations. I, I honestly have never looked that up, but I mean, she's got a stroke, so I can I can imagine. And she's she's a very nice looking lady. That's, she I, I will yes. stop there. And um, but she is she's also the the wrinkle in the whole thing is yeah. she she also decided that she was going to go on a show where she knows if she makes it to the end that she's supposed to have sex with this guy before they get married. But she decided before she went on the show when she was like six years old that she wasn't going to have sex before she gets married. And then she goes on the show, and he has sex with other girls. And and so and the, then, at the end of the last episode, she essentially it was an ultimatum. You can call him that. I don't really think it was. It was saying, "Hey, look, if you've had uh, relations with these other women, I don't think I can continue to be." We have with different you. standards and life views, right? And I just, you know, we got to for her, right? So yeah. she throws that out there. It looks like she's going to leave the show. She the came rose, back. That she comes back for the rose ceremony. He eliminates Victoria, who's the crazy one. So now he's down to the wholesome 
um, everything that you would want in a wife type girl and the model who is a, as attractive and looks like a good time. Like those are the two options, right? Pretty much. Yeah. So I think you could go back and say the same thing about where Hannah was last year. The model. Yep. Well, I think Tyler. I mean, he was a model, but what, you know, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, a good you know. dude. So what, yeah. uh, okay. Between those two choices, thank you for like just simplicity. That wasn't simple at all. Yeah, it wasn't, no, it wasn't. But, but okay, so what happened with the mom? Like, I, I know okay. they go to a home visit. Well, they, so the they go to her home first, and then the final whatever go to his, his home. home, right? Yeah. Okay. They've, so the, to for some context too, the parents are always involved, but his parents have been super involved because he was in the last three yeah, last and, year, and his and then they were, well they were loved, yes, like, and yeah. they were in the early on. Okay, and they met Madison in the on his first date with her. He took her to first like episode fiftieth wedding yeah. anniversary wedding renewal vow thing, like a big moment. He took this girl on her first date there. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, here's what I think is going to happen. And all season long, we've been seeing a preview that we knew was from the end of the season of the mom crying to Peter, being like, Peter, you have to go get her, bring her back. Here's what happens. Mm -hmm. Madison accepted the rose, but -hmm. I think it's too much, and she's going to leave. Yep. And the girl that you see the mom talking about is Madison. Yep. There's definitely some apprehension. They leave it with a lot of yeah. apprehension on her part. I don't think that there's going to be a fin- that there's going to be a rose ceremony. I think that Peter is going to eliminate Hannah Ann in a one-on-one conversation of some kind, telling her that I love Madison and I want to be with her, and I'm going to go chase her down. I think Peter's going to try to pursue Madison. I don't think he's going to be with anybody at the end of the show. I mm-hmm. think the show's going to end, and we're going to find out at the uh, at the final show that he's with nobody. Hmm. That's my projection that he's with nobody. I think. So originally, I thought that mom was talking about Hannah Brown. I did too. I think everybody did. No, I think, they showed it. So I why think, was the mom crying? Or what, what oh, we, we have no idea. So we're going to find out next yeah. week. So the, oh, it, it makes so you that, believe that, that somebody was the left. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So the yes. whole the whole preview thing with her is like Peter. You have you. This girl is not here anymore, and you need to go get her. Like we love her. Uh, that's the one for you. And I, I think really she hoping, says that's what love stories are made of. I'm pretty sure is what she said. I was really just hoping it was like the. I'm choosing so and so, and then the mom just breaks down because she doesn't want no, to be no, like no. that. Like the recruit <laughs> video. Do you remember the, the recruit who's the, the son picked like Alabama? And the oh, and the mom's like, like shaking him off. I'm to go to Georgia. Yeah, that's, that's the best. <laughs> oh man, um, talk about awkward. No, so so in my opinion, I think that that he's going to be very torn on the decision between the two girls because Hannah Hannah Ann does have a lot to like. She's just very young and immature, so that be it what it may. Um, but I, I think that ultimately Madison is is the obvious choice. But I think because of the apprehension, Ma- Madison is basically going to turn him down for any sort of marriage proposal or anything like that. So they're going to make it seem in the fir- on the first day on Monday night that it's going to be a like, finale that they work everything out. I, right, right. Is that what you're going? No, no. So, so I, I think I think that so he's me. I think he's going to pick Madison. I think Madison's going to turn him down, and instead of choosing Hannah Ann, he's going to chase after Madison. And I think eventually things will work out. But I don't see them getting engaged. Yeah. I don't see any of that kind of stuff happening. And it's, it's just too weird of a situation it, for and that And if, like, if you're into the whole spoiler thing, like the nobody, this is the first season that I've ever watched. I've only been watching for a few years with my wife. That they don't know what happens. Now, that could be that they do know and they don't want to say it. But sure. you see theories out there that he ends up with Madison. He ends up with Hannah. He ends up mm-hmm. with nobody. So like literally nobody knows. So it's gonna yeah. be, it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. All right, let's end the show with this. I want to. I think we all know people who live in the city of Nashville. It's a pretty hot city around here for people to go down. I want to just mm-hmm. continue to hammer home that our thoughts and prayers are with everybody who were affected by the tornadoes. I Absolutely. talked to, called my one of my best friends frantically this morning, trying to make sure he lives in East Nashville, trying to make yeah. sure that he was okay. I group texted all my Nashville 
friends uh, from college just to yeah, the, the double ter- check. Yeah, the terrifying thing is it doesn't sound like anybody in Nashville knew this was coming. They went no. to bed thinking it was just going to be storms. Right. Uh, and for many of them, it was too late to do anything, especially those who lived in apartment buildings and, and sure. single floor homes. Uh, but, you know... Uh, it's just a terrible tragedy um, and being so close to home. I mean, I've been in Nashville 10 or 15 times in the last several years. I know, you know, the five point areas where in East Nashville, I've spent a lot of time there that, you know, not that it's like home or anything. I'm not going to sit here and act like my life was destroyed, but mm-hmm. it's just really hard to see, especially knowing that that could have been here. It could have been anywhere. And yeah. for that to happen like right. that with nobody knowing is just really sad. So we're in the show on that, which is not the, the happiest of notes. Center basketball will play Friday night against uh, a college that I still don't know how to pronounce. They are the Sage Hens from California. Go center. And if you guys don't want to watch basketball tonight, apparently there's a guy walking across a volcano on ABC. I have no idea. Sorry, I just saw it on Twitter. Let's we'll do it. find out if he lives next week. <laughs>